You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello, my fellow traveler, and welcome to episode number 136 of Travel Talk Weekly. Robin Carey Stewart here, coming to you from the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in a landlocked city, but a short drive to a cruise port, and that is Orlando, Florida. And this week, we continue our series on ocean cruising, specifically some of our top cruising tips. If you've never been on a cruise before, definitely get ready to take some notes, because cruising can be a little bit intimidating if you don't know what to expect. And the funny thing is frequent cruisers get super passionate and they love to share some of their tips, but sometimes it's just super easy to forget to go back to the basics when talking to a newbie. So if you've never been on a cruise or it's been a while, I think we have some good tips or reminders for you. We want to give a big shout out to you parents out there who introduce cruising to your kids at a young age. And for the kids listening, you're very lucky, so thank your parents, because this will most likely become a lifetime passion for you. And falling in love with cruising is super easy, and it can be addictive. And there are so many new ships coming out, like ridiculous number coming out. And that means that more and more ports of call are either expanding or they're adding new ones, because cruising really is a great way to see the world. Ocean cruise ships really are floating cities. There is so much to do. You never really have to leave the ship, and many people don't, especially if you've been to the ports that you are going to visit. Some people even retire, sell their house, most of their stuff, and they just live on a cruise ship. And I think one of the most inspiring stories or types of story I hear is someone that would have ended up in like a assisted care facility or a nursing home, and instead they decide, nope, I'm going to just cruise the rest of my life. I love that. Cruising was also the main topic of our TV show, All Aboard TV. So we have cruised over a dozen cruise lines, not just ships, but cruise lines. And while they're all different, they also have a lot of similarities. On this show, we're going to share, again, our top cruise tips. And it's the same ones we both use personally and also recommend to our clients. So first up, when planning your cruise, always plan and budget to fly in the day before your cruise departs. Why? Because guess what? Sometimes there are flight delays or flight cancellations, and catching up with a cruise ship is not easy. Plus, it makes the day you board the ship a lot less stressful because you're already there. With so many options available, it's not just the ship, which we'll talk about in a second, but it's choosing the right cruise line for your family. Some cater to families, while others offer a more deluxe luxury experience. So consider what you can do on board, the ship's amenities, so to speak, entertainment options, dining, also itineraries when making your decision. Cruise ships have totally evolved since we first cruised back in 2005. Yeah, for example, Royal Caribbean started coming out with these huge ships and some really cater to that adventurous traveler. So they'll have onboard activities like rock wall climbing, flow riders, ice skating, zip lines, and of course, those do vary by ship. If you're a food and wine lover, make sure you put celebrity at the top of your list. And we share more about the different cruise lines on our previous show, number 135, if you want to check those out. So a big thing to know is when you go on a cruise, make sure you choose also the right ship within the right cruise line. Just because it's like all Royal Caribbean doesn't mean all the ships are exactly the same. 
So that Royal Caribbean or Carnival or Norwegian ship that you loved 15 years ago may be a completely different experience now. It may be a little outdated. It may not even be in service anymore. Like we got married on the Carnival Inspiration. That ship's gone. We don't know where it is. And I don't it disappeared. know. It could be sold somewhere else or it could be a reef in the bottom of the ocean. And the experience may not be what you thought it was supposed to be. That's why it's important to make sure you're getting the right ship if you're trying to cruise within a certain cruise line. As I was writing this, a friend of ours was texting me and she was still on her ship. She was on her cruise. I won't mention the cruise line, but here's what she said. P.S. I cannot believe how far blank has fallen. For the first time ever, I think I may have lost weight on this cruise. The food is absolutely awful, even in the specialty dining restaurant. It's an older one for sure, but the only one that had the longer itinerary and the ports that we're looking for. We sailed this ship 15 years ago on our honeymoon. It was a few years old already there. I think she first set sail in like 2001 or 2002. We have stories from this sailing. Three separate instances of passengers getting taken off the ship in handcuffs. A medical emergency that landed us in Nassau for several hours and making us miss St. Thomas, which is one of the port stops. There's also a fight at the pool. Yeah, I can't wait to sit down for drinks and hear some of those stories from her. But it's true, though, the experience on board is going to vary depending upon the specific ship and the itinerary. And that's why it's important to not just pick any cruise, because if you have certain things that are important to you, it's important to understand the ship and the cruise line, both of them. And that really applies to the mass market cruise ship, something we defined on last week's show. And it's going to be the the companies that have 20, 25, 30 ships. The newer ones are always going to be better than the older ones. So a big thing when it comes to cruising, if you're not familiar, is how to choose a cabin. When you are booking a cruise, it's not like you're just booking a hotel room. You need to understand cancellation penalties are a lot more strict. And when it comes to picking a category, it's not as simple as an inside cabin, one with a window, which is called an ocean view, or a balcony or a suite, because there are a million different categories, it feels like anyway, on the different ships. It just kind of depends on the ship that you're going on. And you can't just go by price. And to make it more confusing, an inside cabin might be called one thing on one cruise line and something completely different on another. So that just adds to the confusion. Some cabins only hold two people, some four or five, depending on which cruise line you're sailing with. Yeah. So don't think that even though you have two people booked in a cabin and you're like, hey, our friend's going to come, we'll just have them in our cabin like you would for a hotel room. It doesn't work that way on the cruise ships because they are occupancy controlled. And if you've never been on a cruise and you get to your cabin and it's supposed to hold four people and you open up the door and you're like, whoa, wait a second, this is only going to sleep two people. Don't panic. There will be a pullout bed somewhere or a sofa bed. And in some staterooms, you're going to have a couple of beds that come down from the ceiling. You can't see them yet. So if you get there, don't panic. Just talk to your cabin steward and say, hey, where are the other beds going to be located? And they will set it up for you. It's important to understand the sleeping arrangements in the cabins before you go. So you're not surprised. And as much as we try to explain to clients when they think they're being crammed in an inside cabin, it'll be fine only to arrive and realize the cabin really is smaller than they expected. So it's better to know before you go. One thing to always take a look at is the square footage. You might have an inside cabin that's 170 square feet and it might have another one, same category inside cabin, but it's 200 square feet. That extra 30 square feet makes a big difference. And also the year of the ship makes a big difference in the size of the cabins because 20 years ago, they were making the bathrooms a lot more small. And these days, the bathrooms are getting a little bit bigger. 
So it's important to know a little bit more about the cabin. Now, ocean cruises visit various ports of call. So make sure that you research and select an itinerary that fits what you are most interested in. For some people, they just want to be in the sun. They're coming from up north. They want to go down in the winter and enjoy the like Caribbean breezes and the Bahamas and just enjoy being on a beach. They don't really care so much about the ports of calls. For some of you, you may be wanting to get immersed in the culture, or maybe you want to be adventurous and go exploring on a new island. Just take into account the duration of the cruise and the different destinations, and then, of course, the different shore excursions at each port. Something to keep in mind on this topic is that all these ports are not guaranteed. It's a planned itinerary. If you're on Disney Cruise Line and the wind's blowing like crazy and it's a bunch of waves, you're not going to dock at Castaway Key. If you're going to a port of call that requires tendering and there's t- the waves are too big, they will not tender you in, which means use one of the boats to get you from the big ship to the dock. So as we mentioned a few minutes ago in our story, my friend chose her cruise based on two things, the home port and the destinations, which is an easy fix for next time. If, if you want to visit the Southern Caribbean, start there. San Juan is a great cruise port because you're already pretty far south. More port stops means less sea days. If you want to just enjoy your time on the ship, don't worry about where you're going. And typically, the Caribbean is where most people do their first cruise. And you're going to go either Western Caribbean, which will hit some stops in Mexico, maybe Grand Cayman, or you're going to be doing Eastern Caribbean. Eastern Caribbean itineraries are a little more popular, so they're also a little more expensive. And your shorter cruises off of Florida, just go to Cozumel back if you're going from the West Coast or you're just going to be going to the Bahamas and going to private islands. So it's pretty simple once you are looking for a cruise itinerary to just think, do I want to do Eastern? Do I want to do Western? Keep it simple for the Caribbean. One of the fun things about going on an ocean cruise is just like we said, it is a floating city. So there are a ton of activities, including things all the way from just lounging by the pool to having a beautiful formal night out. So people get dressed up. Not as much anymore, though. That used to be the standard. There would be like two formal nights on a seven-night cruise. They just don't do that as much. But be sure to pack appropriate attire for each occasion. Of course, you want some of the basic things like don't forget your sunscreen and after sunscreen, a hat, have some comfortable shoes, necessary medications, all the basic stuff. And most cruises have laundry facilities on board, so you don't need to overpack. For example, I know we're going to have dinner on the Disney Wonder Impala. We already have reservations for that. I'm not going to bring a suit jacket to basically wear it for a couple hours on one night of the cruise. Plus, at the end of the cruise, when you're ready to get off the ship, if you're not checking bags, you can walk right off. If we can do two weeks in Europe with only carry-ons, you can do a seven-night cruise. And that is one thing that if you've never cruised before that I always thought was like super, super weird. So here's what happens is on the last night of your cruise, you are going to be asked to place any bags that you would like to check outside of your door, usually by midnight. And that means you're still going to keep that one little small date bag with your toiletries and items you need for the next morning. But I remember on our first cruise, how weird it felt because I like to enjoy that last night on the cruise. It's like, it's our last night. Let's do everything. Let's stay up late. And just having to go back and pack everything and then set it outside your door was so stressful. And that's why I'm very pro if you can carry off your own luggage, which is why you want to be able to do carry-ons, you don't need to deal with that and put your bags outside. One of our favorite things to do, because the cruise lines allow you to bring on you know, one or two bottles of, of champagne or wine per person, 
And we like to save one till the last morning, the disembarkation day, and then we'll just sit in the lounge and have a glass of champagne while everybody else is you know, schlepping their bags around or trying to get off the ship. And they're like, well, the bars are closed. How did you get that? We saved it for that morning. That's kind of a tradition that you and I do. Yeah, it is. It's actually pretty fun. As we mentioned, there are so many things to do on board the ship, so embrace the shipboard activities. Ocean cruises offer so many things to do to keep you entertained during sea days and also regular days. They have enrichment lectures, cooking classes, luxurious spas, or even catch a Broadway-style show in the theater. But make the most of your time on the ship by exploring everything it has to offer. Yeah, I remember we did winemaking at sea one time. That was really fun. And what do you have scheduled for the Disney Wonder in Alaska in a couple months? We are going to be doing a whiskey tasting. I'm looking forward to that. But here's our tip, though, is on your first day that you get on board, do this. Grab a drink or an ice cream cone, whichever you prefer, and then walk around and explore the ship while everyone else is packed into the buffet, waiting for the room to be ready, which, by the way, usually won't be until about 2 or 2.30. And just explore the ship. We do this every time we go on a cruise. They're going to have open houses for like the kids club, the spa, the gym, and sometimes the specialty dining will be doing some open house to let you know what you could be trying if you dine there. So take the time to explore the ship and don't just rush over to the buffet and waste your time there. And like you mentioned, that is the best time to explore the ship because people will be packed in. They're either having a drink at the pool or at the buffet. This is a great time to really get the lay of the land, walk around the ship, because these giant ships, it's pretty easy to, I'm not going to say get lost, but maybe just... To get lost. To get lost. Okay, we'll say that. If there's certain things you want to do, make sure you know where those are, especially sometimes it's hard to find your cabin. It, I mean, these you know, they carry sometimes four, five, almost 6,000 passengers on these mega ships, and so make sure you kind of know your way around. Yeah, this is also a really good time to go and talk to the maitre d' at the main dining if they are available, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, and just confirm any special requests like food allergies. But yeah, get to know the ship, especially if you're on a big ship. This next one may seem obvious, but it's not always, and that is budget wisely. While many things such as, you know, accommodations, meals, entertainment, that's all included, the additional costs can add up quickly. So set a budget for onboard activities, Alcoholic beverages, many of the ships do offer drink packages, so that's kind of all included. Specialty dining and gratuities. It's all essential to account for any optional excursions or souvenirs you may want to indulge in at the ports of call. And I have one thing to add to that that I just found out this week. There's a cruise line called Explora, and they're going to have the first ever Rolex boutique on a cruise ship. That's crazy. You're going to go in, budget it for your trip, and go, you know, I could use a $15,000 watch. Why not? Yeah, you know where they have some high-end shopping is on the Disney Wish. Ooh, I'm excited. (laughs) And sometimes the cruise lines will have special offers like an all-in package, which includes specialty dining and beverage packages, or maybe even things like, you know, buy one, get one free air. Just know that these aren't always the best deal. And when it does come to drink packages, it all depends on how many beverages you normally would drink. Got to think you're on vacation, so double what your normal is. Because sometimes those are going to end up being more than you would have paid if you just did a la carte. And on other cases, some people are like, I don't need the drink package. And then they get on board, they go crazy. And I have had people pay more to get off the ship than to get on because of the beverages. And with all the modern ships, a lot of times you can track that stuff on your app. So you can kind of see you know, where your bill is going. Sometimes you just get caught up and say, yeah, here's a drink, here's my room key, and you know write in a tip and move on and you don't have your receipt, make sure, number one, save your receipts. 
Number two, don't wait till the end of the cruise to take a look at what's going to be your final bill. Yeah, you don't want to be shocked. And yes, they do have specials like kids sell free from time to time, and those can be good. But in many cases, if a better deal comes out for your cruise after you've booked it, you can work with your travel agent to get the better price. It doesn't always work out, but a lot of times it does. Your excursion budget for places like Europe or Alaska will probably be a bit higher than what you would plan for in the Caribbean. Yeah, I would go more than double. Yeah, I know. We're doing the helicopter glacier thing. That was not inexpensive. I know, but that's going to be an adventure that we budgeted for for that cruise. Yes, we did. A big question is, when I'm on a cruise, will the internet be working? Or am I going to have to completely unplug? Well, on the newer ships, and even with some of the cell phone plans, depending upon where you're going, it's really easy to stay connected. There are internet packages offered by the cruise lines, but just be aware that depending upon your ship, the connectivity may be very limited. Or if you are in a very remote area, like a lot of times in the Southern Caribbean, it could be very, very slow. So manage your expectations accordingly. Or even better, go old school and just completely unplug, turn off your phone. Your work and your family will know you're on a ship with limited connections. That said, if you are cruising in the Caribbean, some cell phone companies offer cruise package time. So call ahead and see what that includes. We do love cruising, though, because it is a great way to relax and also just unpack once and get to visit a lot of ports. We hope these tips help you make the most of your next ocean adventure. If we can help you find the best cruise line for you or even the best itinerary, head over to creatingmagicvacations.com and fill in the plan a vacation form and just put cruise in the notes. And if you do prefer a land vacation, we have a private group headed on an England and France Adventures by Disney next April 29th, 2024. And we would love to have our podcast friends join us. So there's a link in the show description. Go ahead and fill that out or you can click on it to learn more about that amazing itinerary. And we'll leave you with this. A passport full of stamps is better than a house full of things. So go grab your passport, book a cruise, and let's adventure together.